The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your healthcare provider. Now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, health heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, health heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of the Health Hero Show. Today I have the plant trainers in the house. I've got Adam and Shoshana. Did I say that properly? You got it. Yeah, Yeah, Shoshana in the house and they've got some great stories and today the main focus is going to be on the plant-based family guys welcome to the show thank you thank so you. much for having us yeah exciting yeah. so let's get into the backstory of how you became plant-based um i know adam you had some health issues and then later shoshana developed some health issues too different ones and so just let's you guys open up tell me what what happened it's kind of interesting because you would think that someone who looked healthy, who looked fit on the outside, growing up, being a personal trainer, very active, always into food and fitness in a positive way, would not find themselves to be getting sick like I did. And I was never overweight and I never thought I had any issues. And anyone who looked at me would never have thought that either until one day when I was sitting on a couch watching a football game. I had this pain running across my chest into my left arm and I was 36 years old. That's kind of young to be having a heart attack. And I don't think I was, but I didn't know. So I rushed over to the hospital to get checked out, did some tests and they sent me home and they said, nothing's wrong with you. Go home. You're fine. And a couple weeks later, I got a phone call from my doctor saying that I had to come back in because they found a tumor on my kidney. And I, I, I was shocked. Like, you know, like that reaction was not even close to the one that I had. The call I got was you have cancer come in right now. And luckily I didn't have cancer, but I do have a tumor on my kidney. And I didn't understand how that was possible, how I could be having that. So I had to do some further tests because then the doctor told me the type of tumor I have is associated with a rare genetic disorder called VHL we need to remove your tumor immediately. And they pretty much had, sorry, a but you, there, we had a, we had a cut. So you said you, you had a tumor on the kidney and then it cut out. So let's start from there. Ah, so I have a tumor on the kidney mm-hmm. and I didn't know what was going to happen, but the doctor said, don't worry. Cause he had me set up with a surgical oncologist already. And I was going to get ready for surgery. They were going to take it out or they were going to take out the entire kidney. And I didn't feel good about that. So I had to do some tests to find out, you know, what was really going on with that tumor. And they ended up telling me it was associated with a very rare genetic disorder called VHL, which deposits tumors along your central nervous system and takes over your body. And most people with it don't survive past the age of 40. So I, I call a friend of mine who's a neurologist And he says, you know, the easiest way to find out if you have that disorder is to go get a retinal exam. The eye is a good picture into the body's health. So I went to get my retinal exam done. And the ophthalmologist says to me, oh, you have the beginning stages of heart disease. Your eyes are, your your 
the arteries in your eyes are narrowing and they're very faded through the middle of the eye. And we need to give you medication and we need to take some precautionary action. And I didn't feel good about that because I was never one to really take medication. So I started to do some research. And that's when I came across the plant-based lifestyle, reverse, prevent and reverse heart disease by Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn. I came across the China study and this was right before Forks Over Knives came out. So as I was going through this process, that documentary showed up when it came out. I saw it and it was like, it made sense to me. I read a book by an Ironman triathlete, Brendan Brazier. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Mm -hmm. He's a Canadian. He, he did all his training on a plant-based diet and he lived the plant-based lifestyle all his life. So it, it kind of sounded good to me. Like here I could improve my health. I could improve my athletic performance and I could be around to live with my family for a long time. I'm going to try this. So I turned to her and I said, shush, tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'm plant-based. And I said, what's plant-based? I had no idea what he was talking about. And he said, I'm vegan now. And I said, is that some kind of vegetarian? I had no, I'd heard it before, but I never ever took the time to look into it and what it was. And what he didn't mention is that we were a young family. So at the time that he had this initial pain, we had our son, uh, he was one years old. And throughout this 12 month process, really of getting from diagnosis to, to becoming plant-based over the course of that year, I, I was pregnant with our daughter as well. So I was an overwhelmed mom. I didn't really know how to cook. Our son had terrible eczema so bad. It was bleeding from his, it looked like it was bleeding from his eyes. And I had just figured out how to do this gluten-free diet. And now all of a sudden he was plant-based and I think I calmly lost it. Well, you, you didn't lose it, but you were like, what? And, and for anyone that knows me, I'm once I make a decision, I'm done. And so I, I wasn't saying the whole family was going to be plant-based. It was me. And mm -hmm. I took responsibility, and I don't think I ever pushed it on you. Our fridge was divided in half, and we could talk about that because <laughs> I know a lot of families – go through that process where somebody's vegan or plant-based and the rest of the family's just not buying in. So they live a separated life in the same kitchen. And we went through that for a bit and it was an interesting time. It was, but we were, I think that we were respectful of each other and I knew that he was doing this for a reason. I saw that if he didn't do this, then he could potentially go down the path that one of our friends had. We had lost a friend just a few years before playing hockey had a heart attack, left behind a young family. So it was it was a huge loss for us and a huge loss for the family. And I didn't want that for us. So for that, I was supportive to him. And I was also very grateful that we were a vegetable-friendly family. So we did eat vegetables. So what ended up happening is as we got through the mind shift of it, his meals became our side dishes. And we... and that was his main course and we had our own main course and then things began to navigate from there, but the kids were not plant-based at first. And I know that a lot of our clients come to us and say, this is what I want from me and my kids, but how am I going to get a five-year-old to eat something different? How am I going to tell a teenager to eat something different? And it becomes an issue in a lot of families. Yeah. And I want to speak to more on that later. Um, but just sticking with your story. So Adam, you had, you find out you have heart disease like early age 
and you also have tumors. So that's exciting, right? That's Very. Good news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get, get you kind of motivated to make some changes, which you did. I like it that you just kind of grabbed the bull by the horns and took off and you didn't right, force it on Shoshana or the rest of the family. You just said, hey, I'm going to do this. That's a really good way of going about it. Um, and then, so, and then Shoshana, you had some uh, interesting health stuff going on too. Why don't you share what, what happened with you with your postpartum I did. depression? Yeah. So after having the kids, I had some postpartum depression. So my, my son, I had, I, I ended up medicated. They had to literally wipe me off the floor in a puddle of tears until we actually realized what was going on. I was very a type personality. So mm-hmm. I can do it myself. I could do it myself. I could handle this until I broke down and I couldn't. So when I was pregnant with my daughter and we were going through all of this, I kept saying, she's either going to deal with stress really well or really badly because I had all of this stress up inside me and I was throwing tantrums like a two-year-old in a grocery store thinking about having to raise my kids on my own because time after time, the doctors kept saying, this is really possible. So you should prepare to raise the kids on your own. So I had gone through a lot of trauma and being pregnant of, of course, more hormonal and being on antibiotics my whole entire life from the time that I was three years old, sorry, three weeks old, ear infections, probably eight to 12 times a year. So what I understand now as a health practitioner is that I was more susceptible to mental health because of bad gut flora and gut, gut microbiome. So they got wiped out by those, those antibiotics has wiped them out. Exactly. And as soon as I came off, I was back on, right? So it was this vicious circle over and over again. I was in my mid twenties, still getting perforated eardrums, usually unheard of. Mm -hmm. So at this point, I'm having the postpartum depression again with my daughter and I medicate and then come off of medication, feel pretty stable, very stressed, very worried about the future. Um, Sometimes a little depression coming back in. And then it was like, boom, this PTSD hit me and I couldn't, I couldn't work. I couldn't function. I would push the food around my plate at dinner and then go upstairs back into a dark room. My kids barely saw me. And I was not, I was not me. I was not who I was. And this was a little bit later into already having the nutrition background, already being a coach for other people, a consultant, helping people to come off of their insulin, helping people to come off of their anti-inflammatories and feeling really good about the progress I could help other people make, but feeling really awful about not being able to make any progress myself and watching myself go downhill to the point where I was falling asleep in the car. I couldn't drive with the kids anymore. I wasn't taking on clients because I'm like, well, who am I to help them if I can't even help myself? So I really spiraled into this very bad place and needed to find the right answer for me because despite the very best nutrition, meditation, and yoga, I wasn't making any progress. Mm. So how'd you get out of that? So um, a, a colleague of Adam's had been saying to him for a long time how she has this product that can help people heal. And we were like, plants help people heal. Back, your gut bacteria is what helps people heal. And we just do lifestyle training with people. And that's what we do. And it kind of just came up again, the right time at the right moment. And I started to learn more about the mitochondria, about the cells, about the way that they heal, and how there's healing within the body that needs to work with 
the nutrition that we're putting in our body. And Mm -hmm. some people are just so much more depleted or some people just their cells are in such worse spots because of past um, experience. We're not what we eat necessarily at this time. We have a lot of making up to do for what we ate and who we were and what medications we took. So finding out more about redox signaling molecules within the body and working closely with her and being able to supplement that was really the key to my, to my healing and helped me get back on track in so many ways. That's awesome. You know, I just brought up something in my mind. It was, I remember a lecture uh, Dr. Clement of the Hippocrates Health Institute said that when you're exposed to antibiotics, it actually scars your cells on a microscopic level and then impedes the ability for your body to take nutrition into the cell. Right. Exactly. And you had had a lot of that since you were a little tiny girl. So you, your cells were so scarred and so probably inflamed and um, you had so much inflammation around the cells and so much scarring that you had a really hard time getting nutrition in. So even though you're now putting all this good nutrition in your body and you stopped putting the garbage in, it was still having a hard time finding its way into the cell. And then you had another baby, which triggered more hormonal stuff. Is this kind of what happened? It was a tough time. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of hormonal going on. I mean, part of it, which maybe TMI may not, I decided that the birth control pill wasn't something for me anymore, that Mm -hmm. I didn't want to put medication, pharmaceutical medication into my body on a daily basis. If I needed it for emergency, it was there, but I didn't need to do that. So coming off of that after a lot of years, about 20 years, you know, 15 years, um, parts, my DHEAs were off. So they had become lazy is what was described as the endocrinologist. And the only way to fix my acne that had come back and all these other things were to go back on the birth control pill, of course. And then um, my cortisol levels and my adrenal levels were not functioning properly. They were completely shocked. Um, And I just, I couldn't get out of bed. The kids were late for school every day. And that mixed with the anxiety and the depression just kept on spiraling. I would sleep, but never feel rested. I could not sleep enough, but never had the energy to, I had to force myself to do yoga, to force myself to wake up and at least get the kids to school before recess. It was, it was a bad time. So see a lot of people listening are not going to, that people aren't thinking, Oh, the reason I have post-traumatic stress is because of, you know, I had too many antibiotics when I was a little kid and, and I've been on birth control for 20 years and the standard American diet got me, or in your guys' case, the standard Canadian diet the sack diet, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> right? you guys are up in Toronto. So shout out for yeah. all the Canadians um, listening today. Um, but yeah, we don't think of, you, people don't think about these things. It's like things that would happen, you know, 20 years ago or 30 years ago to us um, emotionally, physically, um, it could be medications and stuff like that. And um, birth control is uh, definitely something when I'm coaching people and women have a lot of problems. I might just tell them, if I see them on it, I'm like, you got to get off of that. I mean, you have to stop. That's is jacking up your hormones and it's not going to, it's, it's, there's a reason why they're there talking to me in the first place because things aren't working and it's not going to end well if they keep on that path. So our bodies are not supposed to have, I mean, we're in nature. What other animals like try to suppress nature? Just uh, taking a pill on a daily basis. They don't, it doesn't happen. Right. So there's always, there's always a price to pay for, you know, convenience in some cases. And I think because it's normal, it makes it okay. And it's normal because so many people do it and that gives per- people permission. And then P- I find that people will go with the flow with something like that, 
But then when we're told eat sprouts or take some turmeric or, you know, do these things that are natural, that's when people start to overanalyze and look and, and look too far into things and don't just take it for what it is when they've wasted all of these weeks that they could have began their healing process. You know, that's it, a, it's sad. That's a great point. I mean, it's like mind blowing point that you just made there because if you go to the doctor and the doctor says, here, take these birth control pills. You're like, okay. I mean, most people, no problem. They take it. They don't research it. They don't know where it was made, what's in it, what it does to the body. Where's the long-term research? What's going on? Nothing. They just take it hook, line and sinker. But heaven forbid you start, you know, juicing turmeric root and, and ginger root or something like that, or having, you know, having, having some sprouts in your salads because, well, what's the benefits and what's going on there? Why should I do that? What's the, you know, people, they, they, it's almost like they're trying, I don't know what it is. It's just social conditioning, I guess. That's exactly what it is. It's society. We've been trained year after year, whether it's the food guides that come out from the, the governments or it's just marketing on media. They just, this is what everybody has been conditioned to do year after year for such a long period of time. And now we're coming in and we're saying, make this simple change that could really solve so many of your health issues. It's really so simple. Eat more plants. It's really that easy mm-hmm. to start. And, yeah. and people are like, well, well no, I can't do that. And you can <laughs> stop at any time and go back to what you're doing. If you feel like it hasn't served you. And I do suggest, you know, 90, 120, six months, right? Days or, or months up to six months. Give your, your, give your body time because your cells need to heal. Your body needs to, to turn over. Um, you know, there's an average about 90 to 120 days for all the cells in your body to turn over. Some of them, it takes a few days. Some of them, it takes lots of months. So your body needs to heal in this process. Your gut needs to heal. You're going to go out and eat, you know, you're, you're going to eat more fiber the first day and you're going to go, oh, fiber doesn't work for me. I have a stomach ache. Well, you've got to give it time. This, this is also what's going to heal you. So go into it slowly, give it time. But the, the truth is that if you go in and try some try plant-based or supplement with redox or put sprouts in your salad, those are things that you could stop doing at any time too. But there is no negative effect to that. And if anything, you're just, you're going to feel better. And the longer that you resist and the longer you take to research, um, the, the longer you have to wait to feel good. Yeah. And you know, you don't have to research a whole lot. If you look at those blue zones, what's the, one of the top three things They're 80% plant-based or greater diet, you know, hanging around lifelong friends and moving their body and exercising daily. Those are the top three things they were all doing to live to a hundred. So real quick, we're going to take a break and we come back. Let's get into the plant-based family and how you got these kids to get off of chicken nuggets to sprouts. We'll be right back. This is Pat Militaire, former UFC champion and UFC Hall of Famer. My life is hectic. I did a show, finished at midnight in Minnesota, drove four hours north to Fargo, North Dakota this weekend. Three hours later, ran a marathon, taught a seminar that afternoon, got up the next day, ran a little bit more to loosen my legs up, taught another seminar, and then drove home last night for eight and a half hours. Got back home at, at two something in the morning. This stuff is what's saving me right now, and it's keeping me going. So imagine what it can do for you, just a nine to fiver.
To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. Well, you're still alive, so that's a good sign. <laughs> okay, health heroes, Tim James here. We're back with the plant-based family. They're also known as the Plant Trainers, and they have the Plant Trainers podcast, so make sure to check that out, too. We'll put it in the show notes, Plant Trainers podcast. Adam, it's Shoshona. Um, hey, a little quick little follow-up, Adam. Um, you know, you had the heart disease and you had the tumors. What's, what's going on now? So now I'm great, obviously, because I'm sitting here with you, <laughs> but I, I went for tumor checks every three months for the first year or so, and about a year and a few months in, they actually looked at me like something was wrong. Like they said, what have you been doing lately? Because have you been part of some clinical trial that you're not telling us about? Are you on some type of medication? We smoking something in Mexico. <laughs> because your, your tumor is starting to shrink and we don't see that very often. And I wasn't doing anything. All I did was I changed the food I was putting in my mouth. And well, that was something. My, that's a lot, right? But to some people, <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's all you did. What? Really? But that's all I did. And I went back to the ophthalmologist after the first year of getting the retinal exam and she said the exact same thing. What's going on? What medication are you on? The arteries in your eyes are now wide open, bright red, blood is flowing beautifully. You look great. Your heart disease is gone. There's no evidence that it was even ever there. And it just goes to show you the power that food has and putting the right foods into your body can make such a dramatic difference. That was only after a year. Yeah, so I that's kept awesome. going. Kept okay, going so and Adam, back. you had the scare. Whoop, you went to plant based. Uh, Shoshana, when did you you kind of came along? What 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 made you decide to come into this lifestyle? So I respected the research that he did, and he slowly, slowly fed me the research. And when I was ready, I would you know watch forks over knives or flip flip through the China study. Um, you know, like re read read the best parts. I found a book also, um, actually called Skinny, Skinny Bitch. Bitch. And that's what ended up speaking to me in the end. It spoke to me like a girlfriend and it was like, stop being dumb. Like <laughs> you can, you can live a great life without all these toxic things. Just try it. If you hate it, go back. And I was like, okay, girlfriend, you got it. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, I tried it. So I went slowly over the course of about seven, eight months of going through the regular steps of no red meat, no chicken, no mm -hmm. fish, just some eggs and some dairy and then leaving it all in the ends. And as I went through, I had finally been able to get rid of the baby weight that I wasn't able to get rid of before. Uh, my teenage acne that I had had my whole entire life had finally, finally gone away. And all of these other great things started to happen, which was wonderful until the stress and, and, and the hormones really hit in. And then I kind of went back to a lot of places that I was at before. But um, it really did help improve the quality of life. And then slowly as we went, the, the kids came along as well. They went even slower than I did because I still wasn't 100% convinced. And I, the re, there wasn't as many resources as there are today. Today, you look yeah. up plant-based on the internet and you, like, there's a plethora of things. Back then, there was like three different people doing it, yeah, right? It wasn't like, a lot. 
So there wasn't a lot and there was definitely wasn't a lot of pediatricians or anybody supporting it then. So I needed to get my nutrition background before I can really bring the kids along. And I wanted to make sure that if I was screwing myself up in terms of not enough protein or not enough fats or omegas, that at least I wasn't doing that for the kids too. So they slowly, like we weren't serving it in the house, but when we went to restaurants or families houses, they were still getting it and they were getting an egg or two a week. And they were getting a little sprinkle of, of cheese here and there until they came to us one day. And it was actually like, they were such big adults and I wasn't expecting it of them because I think they were five and seven or something like that. And they were like, we don't like this, this coup. They're like, we don't want eggs anymore. We don't like them and you don't know how to make them and you and daddy don't eat them. So we don't want them either. It was kind of cool. It was really like something like people like, Oh, my kids would never do that. But like, I would have told you that my kids wouldn't have done that either. And, and they gave up, they said like no eggs. So I said, well, if you're not going to eat eggs, then you need to eat some other foods that are going to give you really good nutrients like beans and lentils and other legumes. And they were like, anything you say, mom, of course I put the beans and lentils and legumes on the table the next day and they didn't touch it. it. (laughs) Right. But they were, they knew what to say in the moment. And I stopped making them eggs, but I said, look, if you're ever going to stop with eggs, we should stop with dairy too. And we will find a different kind of cheese to put on your pizza or different kind of cheese to sprinkle on your, I think I was making like eggplant parmesans kind of thing. Um, you know, we'll find another cheese to do that. It might taste a little different, but you'll get used to it. But we're going to make you completely plant-based like mommy and daddy now too. And they were okay with that because they two, two learned reasons. from well, us. Well, two reasons, I think a few reasons. One, I think they saw the example that we as parents were setting for them. Two, I think they on their own made a connection between the food on their plate and the animals that it's coming from. And for our daughter, especially, oh no, for our son, especially, that was a huge, huge move. Like mm-hmm. when he realized, <laughs> tell, tell him. That so they, he, so the kids come home from school and they do, they put their bags away and they come into the kitchen and they always say, mom, what's for dinner? And I said, chickpea omelets, we're going to try something new. And the kid froze. And all the color went from his face and all of a sudden tears welled up in his eyes and he was crying. And I'm like, dude, I know we're trying something new, but remember we try new things. And he's like, how could we have omelets? I'm like, they're chickpea omelets. No problem. And he's like, but we're having eggs. He thought that they were like eggs with chickpeas thrown into Mm, it. He didn't understand the concept of the chickpea flour making so he, made the, he made the connection of the egg that comes from a chicken and we don't need animal products. We don't need anything that comes from an animal. And so he got really upset because he's made a connection to the food and the animals. And that's what really helped him go through this whole process. If you ask our kids, they'll say they're vegan. But if you ask us, we'll say we're plant-based and they have a huge sense of their own health but they connect to the animals first, I think, mm-hmm. where we made have made all of our decisions based on our own personal health, being here as long as possible and feeling as best as possible. And all of the other feelings and gratitude for animals and understanding of the world has come as a second part for us. Yeah, that's really nice. That's really awesome. Mm-hmm. What a cool story. So 
what what did, what kind of foods besides the eggs and all that stuff are you feeding them? And like, can you? What are your guys's like your family's top three dishes now that you guys that all the kids will eat and you'll eat and you guys think is yummy? I, I think everybody's favorite is simply the Mexican spread. Like the we do like a taco or wrap or burrito night, and we just put on the table all kinds of different things: beans or uh, guacamole, avocado sometimes some corn niblets, uh, some greens, some refried, sprouts, beans, refried beans, spinach, all different kinds of things. And, and we that all way, make our own. Yeah. Everybody could choose whatever they like into there with some rice or with quinoa and they just build their own. It's like a build your own wrapper key or bar. You guys have green salsa and red salsa and that kind of stuff. Yeah, we'll put some red salsa on the table. We don't do green salsa Not so too, much, too often. but we do the hot sauce too. And, and our mm-hmm. daughter actually likes the green hot sauce. Yeah, <laughs> or I'll funny. make a lentil chili in the Instant Pot and I'll freeze them in, in enough enough portions for a meal so that we can kind of put that in there. Also, we might do some tofu or some tempeh. So it's the same meal, but there's so much variety within it. And then if somebody likes lettuce, or, or romaine, but they don't like spinach, they can have what they want without mm-hmm. me feeling like I'm a short order chef. They make it. So it's like a mini buffet. Yeah, yeah ex- exactly. So that is for sure the best meal, um, you know, but we do do a lot of the foods that everybody else eats. So our pizza night might look like a quinoa flatbread that we make ourselves. So you kind of soak the quinoa with the water and you blend that and then you you just spread it on a tray. Yeah. You spread it on a tray and put whatever you want for the pizza onto that. So we know that there's quality ingredients there and we know what ingredients aren't there as well, which is really important to us. I'd be interested in that recipe. No problem, Bob. It's at plantrainers.com in the recipe section too. (laughs) Oh, cool. cool, Shameless plug. It's easy though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty easy, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to share that with you. I like learning more stuff. We're, we're actually building out our uh, recipe book that I've been, I've had it in my mind. I've had notes on it for like five years and finally I'm like, uh, we need to make this priority. So I'm going to get that food. People need foods choices. Okay. So you got the Mexican night. I like that because everybody can kind of chop up their own stuff and family can come together making food and preparing food and spending time together without electronics. And you can take a technology fast while you're connecting. And a lot of times that's, that's when it's, it's so, to me, it's so depressing to like see mom or dad by themselves slaving in the kitchen while, you know, let's say dad's watching TV and the kids are on video games or doing something else. And it's, okay, dinner's ready and they all come and they scarf it down, they're gone and mom's in there cleaning all the dishes, you know, yeah. where it's like if the whole family comes together and they get to talk and connect what was going on, preparing this wonderful food, blessing the food, eating the food together and everybody helping to clean up. It's such a much better experience for everybody and it's just like so much good better for families. So, all right. But what's the third one? So we got Mexican night, we got pizza. What's your third favorite dish? So I, I think that it's either going to be more of a pancake or a muffin kind of meal. And that would be more of a breakfast brunch or lunch. But the reason I like that is actually because it is bringing the family together. They've learned that I won't make it if they don't help me anymore and that they're responsible for taking out the ingredients. So they see what goes in it. They see, Oh, we're using ground chia seeds or, Oh, we're using ground flax seeds. Uh, They're, they're learning different parts to it. And when kids take part in the process, they're more likely to try those new foods that they're making. Mm -hmm. But I love making that because the muffins I make 
are good enough for a meal, right? Um, there's good stuff in there. So I'm always happy to do that together so that it goes faster and so that I'm spending time with them. And, and then I make extra so that it lasts throughout the week. And that's the best kind of meal. The one that everybody keeps going back to. <laughs> Who doesn't like muffins and pancakes? <laughs> Who doesn't like that stuff? That's so yummy. Well, those are some pretty good meals. It sounds like your kids are enjoying it. They're liking it. So what's the atmosphere around the dinner table for the plant-based family today? Well, for us, it's always been a very important piece to our family. We've always made it a priority to actually sit down with our kids every single dinner and eat together and talk about our day and reflect on it. And then after we're done, we clean up together and then we go out for a walk. And that's been our routine that we've been doing for, I can't even imagine, it's been like forever. Mm. Yeah, right? and we, we tend to not over-program our kids. So to still be able to do that five days a week is, you know, in, unless we're out on the weekend, you know, five days a week, is it, we've been able to do that. As our kids get a little bit older and kind of sneak into rep activities, we, we know that's going to change, but we will use Sunday morning brunch as a meal to sit down together. We, you know, I'll play ball Sunday night. My son will play ball Sunday night. So that will be a meal. We won't sit down to at dinner, but we will in the morning. It's a priority for us. We talk about the highs and lows of our days, of our weeks. We bring up current events with the kids. It's when you have open communication and kids feel comfortable, they're more likely to have better habits in terms of eating, better conversation, abilities. And when you have that open communication now, when they get into rougher situations, hopefully they'll be more likely to communicate as well. It's also building a relationship with us and our kids. And there's so much value in that and being able to be a part of their lives because they want to hang out with us. Of course, when they're teenagers, they, that might change a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I think that because we've built this foundation, we're much more likely to have kids that are going to want to come back and hang out with us and spend time with us, which is really what we want in the long run. Yeah. Actually, I hear our daughter telling friends, but I have to be home by 4.30 because then we start to get ready for dinner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's not something we've had to teach her. It's something that she's learned. Yeah. How old is she now? She's 10. 10. Okay. She's been doing it for a yeah. while then. Yeah. yeah, that's so important that the family dynamic and, you know, that's something I know in the United States, uh, probably also in, in Toronto, that's been kind of eroding the nuclear breakdown of the nuclear family. So I really commend you guys for building a strong nuclear family and, and, and raising your kids in a good way um, so they can bond with you and themselves and have that, you know, that connection, the sibling connections. I mean, I just know through coaching people going back through where there's relationships where they don't get along with their siblings. They don't get along with their parents. And it's always the case where mom's off working or is out, dad's an alcoholic or a combination of all this crazy stuff. So having a good, good relationship with you guys itself sets the bedrock for it. And then you also have it for the kids. So again, I want to commend you guys for doing a great job. That is a patriotic duty right there to your, to your country. Because when you think about it, the country is the sum of the, you know, down to the, you know, the city and then the community and then the individual house. So we're like little cells inside the big body. And so if that little cellular unit, your family is tight and strong, which your guys is, that's going to build a stronger community, a stronger country and, and uh, a lot of he healthier planet all over. So 
hopefully duplication for generations. Yeah. And le- yeah. And leaving an example, leading by example. That's right. So, you know, this will, this will continue to go on through your children and grandchildren just because of what you guys did. And you guys broke the paradigm right there, which is pretty awesome. So, all right, we're going to take another break. When we get back, um, I want to ask you guys some questions. And I want to get some, some tips out of you guys for different stuff about the plant-based family and how to make it all work. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. When I wake up in the morning, I ask myself, how am I going to nourish myself today? That's where Green 85 has made that an easy task. Packed full with nutrient-dense quality ingredients, it ensures me that I'm starting my day off right. Green 85. To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. Welcome back, Health Heroes. Tim James here with the Plant-Based Family. They're also the Plant Trainers, and they have the Plant Trainers Podcast. Adam and Shoshana Thanks for being here with me today. So we've talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about your guys' crazy illnesses and problems you had with your health. You turned it around with the plant-based diet. Uh, we've been talking about things with the family and how you got the kids engaged and some of the meals that you prepare and how you guys treat meals and dinner and how that's built a really strong family unit, which is really awesome and epic. And, and it's a great thing to model for the people listening today, especially if you're struggling with you know, connecting with your children. You know, so many people like all of a sudden they're like, they look over and they they see their son and he's off to college. They're like, who the hell is that? You know, they don't really have a connection. And that's when you don't want, you don't want to deal with it. Stop now. Don't worry about it. Because when you're 80 years old and you're in your deathbed, you don't want to be crying, wishing you would have. Start building that connection with them now. And um, what a great example you guys are leading. So now I've got some questions for you. So uh, let's go to Adam first. So Adam, since you started this whole deal, um, what do you think is the most important thing to to do or how you should go about with your family? Like when you make a decision to make a change, like I'm changing my lifestyle, I'm changing the way I eat, but to not offend or to get other people to be defensive or to push away from you to still have a good relationship with you. How do you go about that process? I think you, each person has to understand the reason behind why they're doing it. Why did, why did I change my lifestyle? Because I didn't want to watch my kids grow up without a father. And I remember looking at my son in the eyes and I was like ready to cry just thinking that I was told I had two years left with him at that time. And so really finding the reason why you're making the change is something that's going to propel you in the direction to be able to make that change effectively. And just because I'm making the change doesn't mean that they have to in that moment, they will see the difference that I will have made by making the change and hopefully one day join me. But anytime you put pressure on somebody to change when they're not willing to, the chances of being successful are really low. And so people need to understand why that they're going to do something to be able to be successful at whatever they're going to do. And that could apply to anything in life, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't just have to apply to this situation. Absolutely. (laughs) What a great answer. I hope people will stop and rewind that and write it down because it's powerful. Thank you. Shoshana, you know, when it comes to children and them eating a certain way, 
what's the best way for you to help them, you know, get excited about the process and making some dietary changes in the house to the point where they'll actually embrace it and be like, Hey, I got to go. I got to go make food at four 30. How, do, how so, do we get to that point? So I think the first thing to understand is that you need to have patience and that if it's not already fostered, it's not necessarily going to happen right away. And depending on how old the children are, your and your own personality and their personality, the approach is going to be a little bit different. But I think that when you take your emotions away from the situation and don't say, oh, you've hurt my feelings because I haven't, because you don't like this food or you, you have to kind of take a step back. And as soon as you get emotional about it, like with anything, your kids are going to react and they're going to try to get a rise out of you every time. So you've got to kind of just set, set the bar, be consistent. Before I was in the, in the nutrition world, I was a kindergarten teacher and parents used to come to me and they used to say, I don't understand this report card. Are you sure it's not a different kid? You're telling me that they're hanging up their jacket every time that their boots are put side by side, that they're (laughs) kind to their friends and they're not pulling the hair of the brother and, and all of these things. And why are they doing this for you in the classroom when they can't do this for me at home? Well, at home, we're tired, we're exhausted, we've worked a full day already, Uh, we're not consistent. You don't make your Mm. kid hang up their coat every single time. If they see the coat on the floor, you don't have the child go back and practice doing it three times, you just do it for them. So then they go, well, mom's going to do it for me, or dad's going to do it for me. Eh, it fell, not a big deal. So they learn how you, it's not our fault, because we haven't been taught how to do it. But we are essentially sometimes teaching our children that it's okay not to go with the flow. But when you're pretty consistent and not getting emotional about it, everything becomes that much easier. So I know people are probably looking for what, what's that actionable step I can take to what do I make or what do I say, but it's really just taking a step back and making sure that you're consistent is what's going to make everything so much easier. But but part of the consistency is not giving up. So if you're going to present your your kids with beans, for example, a food that they may not normally eat, they might say, no, thank you. So that doesn't mean give up and not give it to them again. It means give it to them again. If you're lucky, Mm -hmm. they say no, thank you. And then you you give it to them again. And again, it takes kids on average 12 to 15 times before they even try something, let alone like it. Right. So we need to be consistent. So tofu, we made marinated and we made it on the barbecue and we put it in the wraps and we put it all like this and we put it like that. And then like the 10th time I made it, I cut it. I'm like, what do they like to eat? I'm like, okay, French fries. So I cut it like little French fries and I fried it up that way. And they're like, what's this? And I said, well, they're, they're tofu French fries or they're different kind of French fries. Well, what, how do I eat it? You dip it in ketchup. Okay. And he dipped it in ketchup and he ate it. Now, not saying that that's going to work for every child, not saying if I would have done that the first time I introduced them to tofu that he would have eaten it either. But after trying it so many times in so many different varieties and getting creative with it, it ended up happening. Um, But this is for kids who are already picky. If you have kids who aren't picky, just straight out of the bat, uh, out of the gate, then they'll, they'll adapt so much quicker too. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I was just thinking about with, with kids and, you know, them making those changes. One thing I realized is that making foods that kind of look like and taste like what they're kind of currently already doing, but just a little bit different. That's the easiest way getting that, getting that baby step of movement, right? Not taking them from, 
you know, hamburgers and French fries to directly to all we're having is sprout salads and that's it. Or you're going to go hungry, right? That militant approach, but maybe a little bit of a tiny little sprout salad on the side. And then, you know, some like you, you made tofu fries or whatever. Yeah. So, and yeah. then, then it, maybe later they're, they're doing sweet potato fries or, you know, whatever, something like that. The other thing is giving them options within limits. When kids feel like they have options, they feel as if they're in control and we don't want kids to have control issues around food because that's what leads to eating disorders. So give them an option, make them feel like they have some control. Do you want your sprouts on your salad? Do you want your sprouts on your pizza? Or do you just want your sprouts on the side? There's no room for no in that question. They're still going to have sprouts, but where do they want the sprouts? And that helps them get more comfortable trying new foods as well. Okay, cool. And then you guys can, either one of you can decide how to answer this question, but we have obesity issues in our, in our society today. Over 80% of people in the United States are overweight, obese, or morbidly obese. And now it's affecting our children. Our children are actually being born obese. It's crazy. So what do you tell those parents that when you have a child that's born or is born obese or is obese as a young child, you know, um, how do you go about helping them make, make those changes to, to get them healthier? I, there is a slippery slope there where you need to be sensitive to, to feelings. And again, also that you want to make sure that you're not creating a bigger problem that's already there, but education is number one. And I think this is when tools and resources come in. So have a read of of this book or go watch Game Changers or watch one of these documentaries Mm -hmm. and then have the follow-up conversation where you're answering questions, where you've seen areas of interest and you're not the one creating that uncomfortableness so that they're still comfortable talking to you. That's kind of where I'm going with it. I mean, I'd agree. I'd also say that as parents, we have a role in being responsible for the health of our children, but it's hard to take care of somebody else when you don't take care of yourself. Mm. And it's Mm -hmm. really important to lead by example. And if you want your children not to be obese, then you have to take steps to make sure that you're doing the things you're expecting your kids to do as well. Yeah, absolutely. Powerful point. Lead by example, right? Yeah. Shoshona, did you want to add to that? I I was also going to say that we as parents, our job is to provide food, healthy food for our children. It's our children's job to eat it. And if they're going to have money to go out and spend when they're with their friends or buy their own lunch at school, when they're on their own, that's great. But you don't have to allow foods into your house just because you feel like it will make your child happy. Our job is to be responsible with our choices the same way we would teach our children not to drink and drive. We need to teach our children that this is the food that's in our house. This is the food that you have to choose from when you're home and make it as positive an experience as possible. And I think a lot of parents don't realize that it's okay to do that. And that's actually what our job is. Yeah. I think some parents I've seen this where they'll, feed their kids anything they want, whatever they want, no matter what. And I think they're doing it because they're afraid if they don't, that the kids aren't going to love them actually. Like it's like, like that they're afraid that they're going to lose them or something if they don't give them what they want. They, so they kind of spoil them and then they end up not being able to really even take care of themselves when they're ready to fly out of the nest. So, all right, well, good stuff. So, all right, to wrap this thing up, um, 
you guys have really um, given me some really good answers. I think the people listening today, hope you guys listen to this podcast a couple times for those of you parents out there wondering how to get the family healthier. Um, you know, the first step is getting yourself healthier. I think that was ringing loud and clear today. And then taking baby steps and finding things that, uh, that you and the children like as far as foods goes. So um, I was going to ask you guys, <laughs> I had another question in my mind. It was like, um, I, I forgot it now, but um, what, how, do, how do people get a hold of you guys? And um, so Adam, Shoshana, um, you can just talk really quick. Like what's, what's your business like today? What do you, how do you guys help people? So we do a variety of things. We help them with their nutrition and we meet people where they are and take them to where they want to go. So we focus mainly on plant-based lifestyle. That's our focus. Not mainly it is, yeah. but not everybody comes into it already being plant-based, right? Some people are still consuming animal products, but they aren't sure how to get rid of them. And so that's one of the things that we help them out with. Mm-hmm. We also help them with their fitness because that's a huge part of lifestyle. And uh, you've been helping them as well with the things that helped you. Yeah. So my area of interest is really helping people who think that they are at a standstill or that there's no other choice other than what they've been told by their practitioner at this point, or they seem to be a mystery to all health practitioners. And I love working through the whole person and finding the right steps that are going to bring them to where they need to go. And we do have some online online programs for picky eaters and for parents looking for meal planning ideas and stuff like that as well. Oh, that's great. And how do they get in touch with you guys? Where do they find you? So they can go to planttrainers.com. That's a hub for everything. They can okay. email us at info at planttrainers.com. And we love hanging out on Instagram and TikTok as well at Plant Trainers planttrainers.com guys check it out guys thanks so much for having on and i really want to thank everybody that's been tuning in our audience has been growing uh special big shout out again to the canadians up there um brought brought some fellow canadians on from toronto today that was really cool um we've been uh, just i just can't believe it i'm just so humble from all the people all over the world coming in we've had pretty much everybody on almost every continent now listening to the to the episodes and again if you guys have any um uh, input for us. Uh, you can s- send us a message. Uh, if you have anybody you think we'd want to have us come on, leave some reviews on these podcasts. So what did you think about Adam and Shoshana today? Um, I give you guys five stars out of five. No, no question. Um, for those of you listening, you can't see their smiling faces right now, but this is a really cool family. And um, I just wish the kids were there. She could bring them on. If you can yell at them, get them in here. <laughs> I want to see the kids. They're probably... Want me to go get them? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she's not home. Oh, man. Oh, that's okay. We'll we'll do it. We'll do it next time. But I'll have to bring the kids in. Maybe get you guys around the dinner table and and we'll put it on there. But but anyway. We can make you a little video and send it your way. That would be cool. Do it. And we'll we'll stitch it in. We'll stitch it in. Yeah, send it over. So anyway, for those of you listening, thank you so much. Thanks for the for the shout outs and the, and the shares and all the stuff. And we thank you so much. We, uh, you're the ones that make this podcast possible and keep me excited to keep it going. And, um, I've been getting a lot of really cool, uh, feedback lately from people. Um, so, um, I'm really humbled and uh, I really thank you guys so much. So until next time, remember, change yourself, change your world. And we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks for listening again to the health hero show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon.
You have just listened to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. Ha, ha, ha.